And what's up, folks? My name is Doug McCain here for the Get More Sports Podcast. Welcome to Episode 3. Thanks for rocking with us once again. Today's topic's heavy on the NBA once again, where we start out with the Eastern Conference Finals, where the Raptors go into Milwaukee, win Game 5, 105-99, take a 3-2 series lead. And Toronto has taken a three games to two lead. They're one game away from going to the NBA Finals. Game six is back in Toronto Saturday night here on TNT starting 8 Teams that win that game five when the series is tied at two games apiece go on to win 82% of the time. So you got to love the chances of the Toronto Raptors to close out in game six Saturday night and advance to the first first NBA Finals appearance in franchise history. So you remember all the way back 24 years ago when the Raptors stepped onto the scene. They had those awesome throwbacks with the big Raptor on it. You had Damon Stoudemire to Vince Carter but they're about to make their first NBA Finals in franchise history. So if you listen to the last episode, I was telling you guys a really, really good shot of the with the Raptors going in there. You know, the Raptors bench has really been the story. 48 points in game four, and last night they had 35 points compared to the Bucks, who only chipped in with 15. So the bench advantage for the Raptors has really been the story. And it was another monster night for Kawhi Leonard, of course, his 11 30-point game of the playoffs, and Fred Van Vliet. He was really, if it wasn't for Fred Van Vliet last night, the Bucks are probably going to win that game, and we're probably looking at seven. But Fred Van Vliet, he caught the heat, and he was seven of nine from three. He had 21 points totals, and really he's just stepped up in a big, big way. He's the Drake clone. If you look at him, he looks like Drake out there on the court a little bit, and he had a monster night. 21 points, seven of nine from three. Last two games he's been big. First 15 games of the postseason, Fred Van Vliet had one game where he was in double figures, and last two nights, he stepped up big. Last two games, he's been 12 of 18 and 10 of 12 from three. So you heard the cliche, it's a make-or-miss league, and you know you can't account for guys like Fred Van Vliet we're just going to catch fire. You would think it would be Danny Green. Danny Green had like two points last night. So if you're the Raptors and your starting guard gives you two and you get a Fred Van Vliet who's from the Wisconsin-Milwaukee area and he just had a kid and you could tell he was just firing on all cylinders last night. My man Fred Van Vliet, shout out to him because he was just killing it last night. Kyle Lowry, he had another decent night, 17.7 rebounds, 6 assists. And I'm telling you, the Raptors, give Masai Ujiri some credit. I mean, everyone said, don't make that trade. Kawhi is heading to L.A. But, hey, you made that trade. He's going to be in the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant's probably not going to be ready for games one and two. The Raptors, they're going to have home court advantage. Who knows? They're going to be a Vegas underdog but I'm just—they have a lot of momentum right now, and guys are stepping up. That bench is big 
Pascal Siakam's looking good. Marcus Saw, another great in-season trade. He provides leadership, rebounding. He can hit from the perimeter. And the Raptors, you just have to be really, really excited up in Toronto. And I know they are. You saw those shots at Jurassic Park. Everyone was wondering, where is Drake going to be for this game, right? And Drake, he was at Jurassic Park. He was super, super lit after the game calling the Raptors a college, you know, have that their team has a college feel with the way their fans go crazy when they play. And kind of one of the subplots of this game was Buck's daughter, Mallory Eden. So she was trending big time. She, I mean, I remember her a couple years ago when she represented the Bucks at the draft and people went crazy for her for a couple days. But last night, People were going nuts because she went to the game and she was rocking a Pusha T shirt. And if you follow rap, Drake and Pusha T had a serious rap feud in the summer where it got really, really heated. You know, that's where, you know, Pusha T, he posted that picture of Drake when he was doing some, you know, he had the crazy. Uh, you know, face paint on, and then he basically put Drake on blast for having a kid. He kind of exposed him, so it got really heated, and Drake responded after the game by changing his IG picture to Mallory Eden and saying, all's fair in war in war, but my question to that is, hey, Drake, you can respond to her. Why don't you respond to Pusha T? Here in the rap game, we're waiting for you to clap back to Pusha T because he kind of didn't really address that after after uh, Pusha T went at Drake. But, you know, I think Milwaukee is really done. They're cooked, and it's it's a they really need to address their perimeter shooting. Chris Middleton, where have you been? Last night, Chris Middleton, he's their second All-Star. He had his first All-Star appearance. He was averaging nearly 19 points a game in the regular season, I was calling him Max Money Middleton because with the free agent crop this summer, I thought that someone was going to throw Max Money at Chris Middleton, but he's averaging a little over 15 points in the series. Last night, two of nine, six points. He did have 10 assists, 10 rebounds, but Chris Middleton, they need you to get buckets for this Bucks team, and he just did not come through. And, you know, I get it. You can have an off night, but two of nine, only two three-point attempts. And then, of course, Eric Bledsoe. A lot of people are singing Eric Bledsoe's praises. He got that first-team All-NBA nod. He's a phenomenal defender. There's no question about that. But for him, it's his shooting ability. Last night, another, you know, 6 of 14 from the field, which is decent, but 2 of 7 from 3. You know, I, you know, he's an Eric, you know, I used to call him Eric Bled so-so from the perimeter because, you know, you dare him to make shots and you, know, you put him in those compromising positions and he will take those shots and he'll miss a lot of them. So he did a nice job defensively, but Chris Middleton, he needs to step up in game six for the Bucks to have any chance of making this a game seven. He had a team low minus eight and... He just needs to step up, not only just not only for the team, but if he wants to get that contract that I thought he was going to get. You know, he's really having a down series, but the Bucks they need to figure something out because, you know, the way they're using Giannis right now, it's really clear that I'm adding Giannis 
to the I need a jumper to take my game to the next level club. Because, yes, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's going to be the MVP. If you could start a franchise right now, he'd be the guy you'd pick just because he can get to the rim from half court in two strides. You know, he's like in Space Jam when Michael Jordan extended his arm, he goes to the rim. That's like the closest real-life version I've ever seen of that. And he's dominant. There's no question about that. The Greek freak is a ridiculous phenom, but he needs to develop a mid-range shot. He shot 25% from three this year, and last night he hit two threes, but his inability to hit those perimeter shots limits him in the fourth quarter. He had three points in the fourth quarter in game four, two made shots in the fourth quarter last night, and really that's what's holding him back, just to keep them honest. And I'm adding him to that club, that I need a jumper to take my game to the next level club. Resident members include Lonzo Ball of the Lakers, my boy, my favorite player in the league, Russell Westbrook. You know, Russell Westbrook, he's averaged a triple-double for three straight years. He nodded a third-team All-NBA yesterday, but Russell Westbrook, man, if he ever was even able to shoot close to 35% from three and just above 45% from the field, he would be in the conversation with top five. So Russell Westbrook's on that team, and the president of that team right now, of course, is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is the president of I Need a Jumper team. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, he can get there. You know, I don't want to hear this whole thing, oh, his hands are too big. You know, he's a guy that gets to the rim. He's a guy who might play with his back to the basket. Because if you look at Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard coming into this league, he was definitely not a three-point shooter. Coming into this league, just look at his attempts. 109 attempts his for his rookie year when they traded for him from the Pacers. Uh, and then last year, 302 attempts. 2016, 2017, 387 attempts. And look at those percentages. Kawhi Leonard. I don't hear this talked about another Kawhi Leonard because I'm telling you, the claw is making a case. I'm, I'm not going to say he's the best player in the league, but I just I want to say he's the best player in the league. The way he can lock you up from the other side of the court and then do what he does offensively. I mean, this guy is just phenomenal. And if you look at his percentage, he's a career 38% shooter from the three. And he wasn't a great shooter coming into this league. But he worked with the Spurs shooting coach, Chip England. And he turned himself into a really, really solid, good to great three-point shooter. And Giannis has to do the same thing if he wants to take it to the next level. So... Last night, you gotta you, you gotta go back to the drawing board. You know, Drake, he's in the head. He's living rent free in the Bucks and Budenholzer. It's about these people. It's about the city. So we, hey, listen, listen. We have the best player. We have the best fans in the whole in the whole NBA in the whole world. Look around. Look around you. Look at this. We created this. This didn't exist before we were here. Look around at the square. I promise you, right now, we did this. Doesn't matter what anybody says. They could say it's disrespectful. They could say it's this and that. And that. Everybody's within. Everybody's within the rules. Everybody's doing their thing. All we are is proud and passionate. We are like a college sports team. The Toronto Raptors are a college sports team. I promise you. I love. Toronto, I love this team, and we're going to the NBA Finals. Let's go! Because they just can't handle the fact that Drake, 
you know, what, that he gave, you know, he gave Nick Nurse a little Joe Biden rub down during the game. I mean, come on, Drake is not just a fan. He's not just a fan. He is the global ambassador. He is an employee of the Toronto Raptors, and he's beloved, not just, he's beloved in the whole country. And they're upset about it. And Coach Budenholzer was saying all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't know of any person that's attending the game that isn't a participant in the game, a coach. I'm sorry, a player or a coach that, you know, has access to the court. And so Coach Buds, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're all in their feelings about the Drake situation, how he goes on the court and gives Nick Nurse a little Joe Biden rub down mid-game. I'll admit that's a little much, but this is like this is Drake. He's a team ambassador. He works for the team. But I want to tell Drake, Drake, I'm cool with your antics. It doesn't bother me. I think it's fun. Why not? I like to see you that into it. I mean, Drake is genuinely into it. He also, you know, he started with them when they were in the bottom, and now they're about to be here in the NBA Finals. And I think that what Drake does is he really, they, they feed off that energy. And it's a little much at times. I wouldn't be mad if they gave him a technical foul if he deserves it. But Drake... I think that you need to make an appearance at a road game, okay? I need to see you at a road game like Spike Lee. So if you want to be like Spike Lee and take it to the next level, you better show up to a road game, especially in the NBA Finals. So I better see you in Oakland in the NBA Finals for you to take it to the next level. But they're really upset about it. You know, Drake and Milwaukee and Coach Buds, they are just living super rent-free and the Bucks fans, but look, it's just it's over. I mean, but Drake has willed this in a way. The the Raptors they have played their way to the NBA Finals, and if you remember, Drake had that rap battle with Meek Mill a couple years, and I think Toronto is Drake, and the Bucks are Meek Milwaukee. They're about to lose to Drake and the Raptors, and I think they're just mad because they don't have a signature rapper themselves. If you Google best rappers from Milwaukee, this is who shows up. A guy named Cuckoo Cal, Rico Love, and a rapper named Sounds with a Z. So, you know, that's what's going down in game after game six. Lots. I mean, I think it's been a fun series, you know, with the Drake stuff. It's I, Giannis is my one of my favorite players in the league. So is Kawhi Leonard. And I have to honestly say that I can't think of a series where I really like both teams. I wouldn't mind if both teams advanced. But look, let's calm down. Let Drake have his fun. It's good for the NBA. It gets people excited. Uh, and I just want to say some other thing. If the Raptors go on to win this series... Is the Drake curse done? I mean, that would be their first finals appearance in uh, 24 year in their franchise's history. Would that be the end of the Drake curse? We saw the Cubs ended a couple years ago. We saw the Red Sox end it in 2004. Hey, man, I don't know what's the criteria. Do they have to win the championship for the Drake curse to be over? Does just getting to the finals mean it's over? But I think it's time to strongly consider what that means for the Drake curse moving forward. So, fun series. Game five, my prediction, Raptors, they go and they win that game six and they close out and they advance to the NBA Finals. The Bucks, they have to get to... 
They have to reassess their perimeter players. They have to help Giannis develop a perimeter jump shot. 25% from three is not going to cut it. Take a page out of Kawhi's book and you know, work with the shooting doctor, someone like a Chip England, someone that can come in and just look, work with those mechanics to, you know, you don't need to be Steph Curry. We don't need you to be a Steph Curry. You know, we don't need you to be a Clay Thompson, but just something where if you notice with Giannis Antetokounmpo, the way he gets to the basket, he's well beyond the arc. He's getting to the rim from outside in the perimeter. And at some point that takes its toll on your energy, you know, you get to the rim that in that fashion, you're not always going to get those calls in the fourth quarter, and they really need to look at getting some guys around him. You know, Brooke Lopez is a great shooting big, and, you know, Brogdon can hit from three. So can Middleton, really, but it looks like it's not going to be enough. And, you know, I just want to see Giannis. He's got that power fastball, right? He's got that Randy Johnson, that Araldis Chapman fastball, but he needs a slider. He needs a curveball. He needs something to mix it up. And that's how you're going to see Giannis leapfrog himself and solidify himself as the best player in the NBA. He's going to win the MVP, but the MVP is not going to get you to the finals. And a lot of that to me is that fourth quarter scoring kind of hurts his chances. But staying in the NBA, yesterday the NBA announced their all-NBA team selections. And you have some serious financial implications, namely Kemba Walker and Klay Thompson. We're going to get to that in a second. But first, let's take a look at the teams. First team, the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was unanimous. James Harden was unanimous. Steph Curry, Paul George, Nikola Jokic was also on the team. I like that first team. Everyone except James Harden. So James Harden, 36 points a game, 7-6, to six, 6 rebounds. Yes, he puts up gaudy regular season numbers. But just look at his usage rate. This guy's usage, 40.5. That's his usage rate. So those numbers are heavily inflated because of Mike D'Antoni's system. Number two is Joel Embiid at usage at 33.3%. And me, if I'm making that first-team All-NBA list, I'm giving it to Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant, he has, to me, just as much impact on the Warriors as James Harden does on the Rockets. You put James, Kevin Durant in that spot, he's going to be a unanimous MVP. And I look at it, you know, you got to reward teams that win games. And the Warriors had the best record in the West. They had 57 wins in the West. They dominated. And Kevin Durant's usage is all the way down at 20. He's you know at, at 29 per game. So if you look at those usage numbers, you can see why Harden puts up those stats. And to me, you put him on that second team, you give Kevin Durant that first team nod, or you put Kawhi Leonard, who did miss 22 games, so I can see why he's on the second team. The third team... But the second team, so the second team, you had JoJo, Joel Embiid, definitely cool with that. Kevin Durant, feel like he should have been on the first team. Damian Lillard, there's a lot on his shoulders with Portland. I think he deserves that second team nod. He had another really nice year. Last year, he was first team All-NBA. And then Kyrie Irving, that's his highest selection of his career. So that second team is solid. I don't think there's anyone from the third team that should be on the second team necessarily. But... The third team, Russell Westbrook, probably the most polarizing player in the NBA. I'm a big Russ fan. 
25, 10, and 10, third straight year averaging a triple-double. I don't care what anyone says. The sheer force that he puts on the defense, the pressure he puts on the defense with his speed, getting guys open looks, the effort it takes to rebound, no-brainer at third team. I can see Russ on the second team, to be honest. His shooting numbers were down this year, so he couldn't really make a case for the first team. But I could see you as a second team, uh, you know, had they maybe won a couple more games with OKC. LeBron James. I never thought I would see the day where LeBron James is on the third team. But LeBron James, he missed a lot of games with that groin injury. He was on an MVP path earlier in the year before he went out with the groin injury. But at least he's still on that third team. Rudy Gobert, one of the best defensive centers in the league. And then Kemba Walker, he makes the third team instead of Clay Thompson. So if you ever want to see what it looks like for someone to lose $30 million Check out the media informing Clay Thompson that he was not included on any of the all NBA teams, and Clay Thompson was heated. They already came out? Yeah, came out today. We were like uh, right behind Steele. We got, or no, no, right behind, who got 13? Kyrie. But you, you barely, yeah, Kemba. Kemba got it. Uh, you were a couple. I mean, that's cool and all, but like, when you go to five straight finals, I, I, I respect those guys, but holy, when you go to five straight, I mean, it takes more than just a couple of NBA guys. It's like an all-time team, but whatever. That's not. A, I'd rather win a championship than be 13 on NBA, so it's all good. Do you, do you, not, do you not like that, that that affects potential contract statuses, you know, all NBA stuff, because that would have elevated yeah. you another. It's, it is what it is. You know, I can't control it. Uh, do I think there's that many guards better than me in the league? No, but that's the reason why we're still playing, so I don't even want to get into it, honestly. Wait, how are you able to roll that off your back, given? I mean, there's money implications. Rings. He points out the fact that, yes, man, this is an all-time team. This is a team that's competing for championships, and what are the implications of that? Let me tell you. He's going to go into a year where he's going to look for that super max deal where you are eligible for 35% of your team's cap space. So that's going to translate to roughly $30 million less that Klay Thompson is going to make with the Warriors. And on the flip side, Kemba Walker is now eligible for that super max for the Hornets. So I think if you're Michael Jordan and you're in Charlotte, you're almost hoping that Kemba Walker doesn't make that third-team All-NBA because that way you can offer him a more reasonable deal and maybe you do consider bringing him back to Charlotte. Now I think you got to wonder, does MJ really want to go into the luxury tax with Kemba Walker? If I'm MJ, I'm letting him walk, and I'm rebuilding starting from scratch in the hopes of getting someone like a Zion or getting a top pick because the East is going to change next year, especially if Durant goes to New York, if Anthony Davis gets traded to the Celtics. Who knows if Kawhi stays in Toronto. So if I'm MJ, I think that's also a big development because now I think they don't re-sign Kemba Walker. But this is what I'm saying. Like, my point here. We got to cut this out. They need to immediately go back to the drawing board as far as allowing the media and writers to decide who's on this all-NBA team, and that's what decides who is eligible for the Supermax. This is absolutely ridiculous. These writers 
and these media members, I'm not saying they don't know what they're talking about, but these are the same writers that made James Harden a unanimous and uh, uh, member of the All-NBA team. Uh, James Harden is a human turnstile years past. His defense has improved. Don't get me wrong. His, he has improved defensively. But first team all defense for James Harden, those are the guys who are deciding whether or not someone like Klay Thompson is going to get a supermax. It's just ridiculous. They're not writing the checks so they shouldn't be riding these guys into these all-NBA spots and costing them money. Now, trust me, don't get me wrong. $200 million, that's a lot of money. And I'm not mad at that. But, hey, man, I just don't like the idea that these writers and media members are deciding these contracts, and not just the, from a financial standpoint, but are also having an influence on what teams will be able to offer their star players and help those teams secure that talent long-term. So it doesn't account for the fact that Kevin Durant, a player like Kevin Durant with the Warriors, is going to be gone next year. And if he's gone, Klay Thompson is a third-team All-NBA. He's a top-15 player because his numbers will be better. They're still going to have one of the best records in the league, and you have to give at least one or two players that All-NBA selection. So it puts them in a spot where the Warriors can offer him 35% of that cap, and you're Klay Thompson. You look at it, hey, I can re-sign with the Warriors for an extra year, which is nice, and get up to $190 million with that extra year, or you take less and you take four years and go to someone like the Lakers, where, where if they can give them the supermax, you're looking at a difference of 235 million with the Warriors with the supermax and the fifth year, or the Lakers at four years, 154 million, something along those lines that LeBron got. So it makes a huge difference. Let teams pay their star players what they want to pay them. If they have to dip into the luxury tax, then so be it. If we have to have a top 20 players or a top uh, of four all-NBA teams, then so be it. But this is just ridiculous. We can't allow awards or nominations, this sort of thing, dictate what people are willing to pay. It does not represent the true value of a certain player. I mean, it's not like that for anything else. Look at all the movies I watch. Look at the actors in the movies I watch. The Rock, he's the highest paid actor, $124 million. Robert Downey Jr., $81 million. Chris Hemsworth, $64.5 million. Chris Evans, $34 million. Adam Sandler, $38.5 million. I don't see any of these guys accepting Academy Awards or getting nominated for Academy Awards regularly. These are blockbuster guys, and we don't let that impact how much they're earning. So it just it doesn't make any sense. People have their value. You pay guys what they're worth. And in Clay Thompson's case... I think that he has a really, really big gripe, and I'd be pretty upset. He's going to get his money. He's going to get tons of cash, just not as much had he been on one of those three all-NBA teams. But he's going to get another championship. They're going to win 405. He'll sign a big deal. It'll be China Clay. He'll be dancing up a storm all summer long like China Clay does every year, and he'll be fine. So it makes me also think, though, will guys consider this – when they're assembling a super team in the future. So now we know that, yes, you can win multiple championships with a big three, a big four, but we also know that you have to sacrifice some all-star appearances, sacrifice some all-NBA appearances, and you might have to sacrifice some money, some big-time money. So 
you know, we'll, looking back, we're going to see maybe guys point to this like, hey, yeah, I want to win a championship, but hey, I want to get paid too. So, you know, teams are going to want to strike a balance on assembling stars and keeping them happy. But Clay's going to be fine. He's going to get a lot of dough. So, wrapping up here, I want to just point out I was watching the game last night. I noticed Nick Nurse at the press conference rocking his own gear. He had Nick Nurse merch. You know, I saw he had a hat that had the NN logo. I looked it up. This guy has his own gear. So shout out to Nick Nurse for having your own gear. I can't think of a coach that has his own merchandise. I haven't seen Bill Belichick rock a Bill Belichick logoed hoodie. So good for Nick Nurse, I guess. Maybe I need to get a Nick Nurse hat. Maybe he'll be the... You know, the first coach to really start selling his merchandise. But I just want to point out, Nick Nurse, don't think I didn't see that. Rocking your Nick Nurse hat after the game yesterday. So uh, just want to point out, thanks again, guys, for checking us out. Thanks for rocking with us here on Episode 3 of Get More Sports. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell your friends. Check out for episodes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Follow me over at DMAC underscore L.A. I'll follow you guys back, definitely. But have a great weekend. Forget more sports. My name is Doug McCain, and I'm out.